Hey Bridgeway, welcome back to another Sunday where the clergy are gonna give today's message. I'll host it and facilitate it, but the good news is the clergy at Bridgeway Community Church all summer have been filling in a blank. The name of the series is God Wants Me to Share This with You. Well, what is that this? If you've been around for several weeks, you've heard many different speakers just do a sermonette and then we have a conversation around it. No different today. You're gonna to get God's word again through the clergy at Bridgeway Community Church. So I'm so glad that you're here. A couple opening comments before I say a prayer and we get into our very first speaker. And that is about the COVID season. You know, all summer long, we've been saying, when are we gonna come back into the building? Well, listen, I'm not feeling any drive to get to the building quick enough. As you know, many different states have already closed down, then opened back up, then closed down. I don't even know what it's like to sing worship with a mask on only to smell my own breath. I'm trying to give a joyful noise <laughs> to the Lord, but unfortunately I'm offending myself. So we'll see, we'll get there when we get there. You just keep praying for us and enjoying the service online wherever you are in the world. When the timing is right, you can get more information at our website, bridgeway.cc slash COVID. Hey, listen, let's bow for a word of prayer. But before I do, let me remind you, if you haven't gone to the Gracism Roundtable yet, every Wednesday night, it's been that way for about four or five Wednesday nights. There may be one or two left, so jump right in. They're different panelists each weekend. You can get more information if you wanna engage this topic on how we can be gracist in the midst of a, a, a racist society that we're all not for. It's better to be a gracist than a racist. If you wanna learn more about that, then check this information out online as well. You can jump in this Wednesday night with a minister, David Heiliger, and an amazing panel. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come together, to walk together, talk together, pray together. Thank you for every single listener, watcher, member, partner, everyone who's connected to this amazing Bridgeway family. We're just so grateful. Thank you for the clergy that you've given us and use the words of your men and your women and your clergy today at Bridgeway Community Church. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Together everyone said, amen and amen. Well, we have one of our newest clergy that are gonna be hanging out with us today. It's Minister William Jen. Uh, he's an amazing brother in the Lord. He's a very well-studied man. He's been working and serving as a senior pastor of Korean churches. He's been on staff at Tim Keller's Church in New York. He's got a long, long bio. I won't give you all of that, but what I will give you is the fact that if you sit forward and if you listen, there's a word of God coming right to you now. So William Jen, would you come on up and give us God's word? Thank you. All right, William. Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Anderson, for that warm introduction and welcoming. I'm so grateful for this given opportunity to share the scriptures uh, with the congregation this morning. Hello, my name is William Jen, and I'm glad that I'm here uh, with you at Bridgeway. Today, I would like to talk about just one question that, I, that has been bothering me for a long time. And the question is, why am I here at Bridgeway? What helps me coming back each Sunday? What's my real motivation for coming here? What is an old Asian guy like me doing in a place like this where <laughs> majority of our membership is predominantly uh, African-Americans? Well, I'm here at Bridgeway because I know this is where the puck is going to be. That's right, you heard it right. 
Someone asked Wayne Gretzky, the Hall of Famer of a professional hockey player, why are you so much better than other players? And he says, and I'm paraphrasing it, I know where the puck is going to be. <laughs> and I feel the same way about the bridgeway. I am here because this is where the gospel of social justice and racial reconciliation puck is going to be. We read today in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the promises. I'm here at Bridgeway because I really want to see these verses come alive in my lifetime. The application of the gospel in the area of social justice and racial reconciliation. Christianity is all about the gospel, right? And what is our preachers are saying to us? What is a gospel? Gospel, to me, to put it simply, is a sinner saved by grace alone, by faith alone. And we read in verse 26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through what? Faith. Mm -hmm. But what is a faith? Uh, what do we have to believe in? There are many things that we have to believe in, but I, I point out two things for us to believe. One is Christ paid for all of your sins, past, present, and yes, even in the future. Amen. Uh, it's an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine our future sin? Mm -hmm. But yes, because once and for all, Christ came from the time of your birth and the time of the death. All has been taken care of by his sacrificial death. That's the first thing that we need to believe. Second thing that we need to believe is that Christ put his stamp of righteousness into our heart by his living perfect obedience before God. He earned it for us. And there's a double exchange, uh, some scholars would say, that your sin was given to him in Jesus, and then his perfect righteousness was given to you. Uh, we read in verse 27, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. What do you mean by clothed yourself with Christ? Mm -hmm. um, it means not only that you are forgiven, but your righteousness is in the sight of the Lord because of what Christ has done. When this faith, this phenomena happens through grace of God, then we become, or you become, somebody, the children of God. In verse 29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the uh, promise. We become somebody in the sight of God, heirs, the children of God. But the world is so opposite of what, what the gospel uh, teaches us. The world teaches that you become somebody by what you have. <clears throat> you got to have something. And what is that something? Well, for some of us, we're attractive than others. Some of us, we have more money than others. 
Some of us, we have more education, a career, a family, social status, power and control. And yes, sometimes it's really sad to say, but based on your racial makeup, that this becomes something that you could brag on. This is the standard of the world. All of us, if we are honest, we say to ourselves subconsciously, yes, I am just a little bit better than you. Or maybe we look at others and say, man, you know, I need to catch up. I need to do something more. But Christianity is different. Gospel is different. We don't come to God based on good works mm -hmm. and our accomplishments. We come to him based on what Christ has done. Amen. Remember his death and resurrection? And I believe this application of a gospel is a key to having social justice and racial reconciliation for our times. Okay, maybe I'm too naive, but I don't know. Verse 28 says, there is a neither Jew nor Gentiles, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. You are all, all one in Christ Jesus. There is no superiority or inferiority in the grace of God. Gospel tell us, I'm not better than you and you're not worse than me. We're both sinners. We're both falling short of the glory of God. And we both need the grace of God to be saved. Gospel is the great equalizer mm. of all. Amen. If we are truly saved by grace alone, we shouldn't feel any superior or inferior to others. Amen. Let me close my talk here. I was serving a wet one day, and I came across the picture of an iconic photograph of 1968, where the man is holding, you know, that big poster says, I am a man, the, the sign, and back of his picture was the, the garbage truck. He was a sanitary worker, and they were on strike in 1968. Picture was taken day before Martin Luther King Jr. gave his famous mountaintop speech, and next day he got assassinated. I look at the picture for a while, and I start asking the questions to the man in the picture. Of course, he can't talk. I don't even know who he is. Mm. I ask him, in my imaginations, why are you a man? What does it mean to be a man? In other words, he's saying, I am a person, right? Why are you a somebody? And this man in the picture was whispering into my head, in my imagination, and he says, just like you, I am a person. I have a dignity. I have a respect. I have a right. I have a feelings, and I have tears. And I am a husband, a father. I have a family, and I have friends. Then I said in my imaginations, but you are just a trash collector. You are nobody. You are a poor man. You have no power, no influence. You are a sanitary worker. But the gospel comes in like a brick and smashing everything that I've said. Hmm. It says, no, you are wrong. Everyone is a trash collector in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are nobody. You have fallen and you are spiritually poor. You have no power, no influence. 
to change anything in your life. You are who you are because of my son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You are a sinner saved by grace alone. Gospel is the great equalizer of all. I'm not better than you, and you are not worse than me. <laughs> I'm sitting here among uh, great pastors, especially our senior pastor here, and sometimes it's intimidating. Um, I have to go here first today, a sermon. Oh, my goodness, you know, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, then I have to look at myself and said, I'm not believing in the gospel. Why? Because here I am. I'm trying to be somebody by what? Preaching well. Mm. How am I doing? You're doing all right. <laughs> You're doing all right. Hey, somebody. <laughs> but you see, no, I am somebody because of grace of God. Amen. 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 When the week George Floyd died, that Sunday morning, the clergy prayer meeting, at the clergy uh, prayer meeting, everyone was down, or maybe it was just me. I mean, really down. It was very uncomfortable, to tell you the truth. But in the middle of it all, I saw something. I saw something that was good. And what was that? Um, a minute of sort of dark night, like we don't know where we're going. Like, oh no, not again. But something came to me, and that was, isn't this the reason why we are here? Isn't this why the bridgeway was planted 30 years ago by Pastor Anderson? To proclaim the gospel to the world, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? It's now our time, our time to shine, our time to raise up the justice and mercy of God. Amen. This is where the puck's going to be. Hmm. This is where the puck's going to be of social justice and racial reconciliation through the application of the gospel. Mm. That's why I'm here. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Amen. All right. Well, where the puck are you? <laughs> Thank you. I just had to do that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's where the fuck is. Hey, listen, you know what I get a sense of as I can think about, <laughs> as I think about uh, what you talked about, Minister uh, Jen. I get a sense that for the next three or four minutes as we have a conversation, I'm not the one that's supposed to lead it. But uh, I tell my clergy to always be ready, right? And so... Uh, Minister David Heiliger, can you just take us into a time of conversation before we go to our next speaker? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Doc. Uh, so I, I get to just turn it right back to the clergy. First off, Minister, stand up, man. Mr. Minister Jen, that was great. I think you challenged us to consider why we're here too. Mm. Because based on our story and what God's done yeah. in us and in our lives, it's brought us right here, right now, for this moment. Because mm. as much as we might want to be where the puck is and know where the puck is. We follow the one who knows Amen. where the puck is going, Amen to that. right? So clergy, uh, what, do you, what do you think? As you heard Minister Jin speak, what did God lay on your heart? Where does he challenge you? Oh, Tracy, you first. I just want to say, first of all, I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. Mm. I'm Thank so you. glad that you're here. Welcome. 
Thank you so and much. And that was a, a rich, deep word that touched me, touched me deeply. Yeah. Um, with the world asking all kinds of questions right now of, of many of us about why should I care about racial reconciliation? Why mm. do I have to engage in mm. these conversations? Why does it matter? Um, even in those questions, there's an implication of not understanding that um, things are out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And I, your, your message about the gospel and the gospel being the great equalizer, that's the answer. That's the answer. Yeah. Um, I just, I thank you for it. I thank you for the word of God, for taking us right to it. And uh, I, I hope that everyone will equip themselves to engage in conversations um, by grabbing a hold of that word right from the gospel. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. If, yeah, if is, we... is the gospel powerful enough, Tracy, <laughs> to actually break down this division? Is it powerful enough? And from that text you're teaching yeah. us, he's teaching us It's the us only that. thing, right? Yeah. We're really banking on that fact, right? Yeah. yeah. We've, we've all given our whole lives to that, that very uh, answer to the question, that we're mm -hmm. saying, yes, we all agree that, yes, the gospel is powerful enough. You know, I... Uh, I Google it uh, and see how many um, the laws or um, uh, the, the referendum that has been passed since 1964 uh, in civil rights movements. And I might be wrong, and, and maybe you can correct me, but I could count it 10 of them uh, that in my Google search. So I was asking, are we better because these laws have been passed? Mm. And answer is yes, but not yet, right? Mm -hmm. um, the law, I think, can do so much. I mean, it will guard against someone who is really stupid, right? Because we don't want them, uh, for them to hurt us. So th the law can guard what is outside, but inside, mm. you need a gospel to change. Mm -hmm. And what is a gospel? Gospel is, you know, I'm not better than you, and you're not worse than me. Mm -hmm. and we're, we're the sinners saved by grace mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. And I think that message, perhaps maybe we could bring people together yeah. in a racial reconciliation. Amen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. That's great. Amen. Pastor Steve. Okay, Minister uh, Tracy kind of said what I was going to say, but uh, I like where you integrated the gospel into the uh, whole scenario of this change because uh, uh, the outside can do its part, the government and all, but it's a heart change that's going to make a difference and cause us to really see others like God see us, made an image of God, equal in that sight of God. So I like we integrated the gospel message in there because that's where the change is gonna take place, and from the heart. Thank you for doing that. I, um, I don't know how it happened, but I, I text, uh, I text uh, uh, our senior pastor, Anderson, and uh, I think it was a day that he he preached that famous sermon. I just wanted to encourage him, and, and I just thought about Lion King. In that line, um, you know that when he raised up the, is it Simba? Yeah. 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 yeah, Simba, and he says, remember who you are, mm. Mm -hmm. and this is the time. And I think, I really believe, Bridgeway, it's a time. This is where the puck's gonna be. 
I think. Good. Amen. Thank you. Remember who you are. This is the time. Way to go. My, my That's from the Lion, Lion King's Lion yeah. side. <laughs> Thanks for taking it to a deeper level, you know, a, a different level for us. So yeah. Thank you so much for, for ministering and, and being a part of our Bridgeway family. We wouldn't be the same without you. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, stay right there, David. Come on up, uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, and thank you so much, uh, William, Jen. Let me just tell you uh, for a second. Uh, Pastor Gary Coiro came here many years ago, probably over a dozen years. I don't know the exact uh, number of years, but I remember uh, that at some point in time during his tenure, uh, he was attracted to uh, this young lady over here, Tracy Tiernan. And Tracy had been under my covering for, for so long, and we had done ministry together for so long. It was just a, a beautiful, sweet fellowship in our church called Bridgeway and even on radio. So when Gary uh, came in as a, a friend of Pastor Mitch and then a friend of our ministry, and then he got involved in our church and our men's ministry, you could see that this, this man wanted God. He wanted righteousness. Uh, but you could also see that he hadn't been on the journey of racial reconciliation so long that he had it as second nature when it came to cultural proficiency. But because he was such a learner and a grower, uh, this is a different man today. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is I, I can lean on him and know that if somebody needed an answer with regard to racial reconciliation, with uh, systemic racism, with just the heart of what our church is about, I, I know now I don't have to be in the room uh, like it used to be Tracy could just speak and I wouldn't have to be in the room because I knew she got it. The same is true uh, for this dude right here. So much so I had him speak about a year ago or less on racial reconciliation from a white man's perspective. Why do I do that? I assign people sometimes sermons because I know what sermon preparation does to them. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this was going to be the next level for him, but it wasn't only the next level for him. It was the next level for our church as a result. Now, I don't know what he's going to speak about. And he's going to tell you what's on his heart. But before he does, uh, and that, that serves as my introduction, brother, okay? Yeah. Before he does, I've got these two white guys here. I want you to see both of them. <laughs> All right, so you got, uh, you got Gary Coiro, you got David Heiliger, two uh, of many of the men that are racial reconcilers, racism bearers at Bridgeway Community Church. But I got a question for you before... Uh, Gary speaks, and that is this. As two white males, different decades in your uh, life, but uh, so far as your age is concerned, but it's two white males at a church like Bridgeway Community Church, where you probably have 60, 70 percent black and Asian, Hispanic, and all these other groups. What is this journey like through such a time as this? Hmm. Well, one thing that I see Pastor Gary doing nonstop in his life is continuing to ask questions mm -hmm. in order to grow internally in and of himself. The best mentors in my life have been people who have asked very difficult questions of themselves, this self-reflective learning and not avoiding hard conversations. So I think mm -hmm. as, a, as a white man, as I'm engaged in this conversation, I really do pick up from Pastor Gary's cues of making sure that nothing is off limits in this conversation. You know, we analyze where that uh, brokenness still exists in us. And we don't, we don't pull any punches with ourselves first so that we can be prepared to engage in the discussion outside of the walls of this church. Oh. So thanks for setting the example, yeah. Pastor Gary. Appreciate it. Well, Pastor, for me, uh, one of the things this journey has been about, it's just culturally taking my worldview 
from black and white to high def color. Mm -hmm. And it's just enhanced my life to be with a variety of cultures. I mean, 60, 60 nations of origin represented here at Bridgeway. And it's just really been, a, been an enhancer. And a big part of that has been getting into a safe context with other brothers that where I can be authentic, I can, I can ask ignorant questions and grace is extended to me and we can work through a process whereby which we can get from here to here and the growth curve. Yeah, so it's yeah. been, uh, this, this kind of growth process doesn't happen outside of the walls of a safe place like Bridgeway. So it's been a safe place for me to be a learner and a grower. Is it difficult being a white man uh, in a diverse environment where you're not the majority? Is that new? Is it different? Is it difficult? And how have you navigated that? And you're speaking not just for yourselves. I'm sure you're speaking for so many white males that are trying to figure this whole thing out as well as white females. But is it, is it hard? Is it easy? Well, you know, in my graduate work that I've been doing around race relations, uh, I came across a study where uh, a professor was, was looking at the experience of white people in uh, historically black colleges and universities. What is it like being a white person in a predominantly black environment? And what she, what she wanted to figure out, is that minority experience anything like the minority experience that African Americans and minorities face out in the American culture, right? And what she, what she <laughs> concluded is no, it's not. <laughs> you know, the, being a white person in a predominant, predominantly multicultural or black environment, there, there might be some apprehension or some, some hesitation at first of just being maybe a fish at, that fish out of water feel. But once you press through that, I guess, internal struggle, you find a community that is so loving, so accepting, and wanting to draw out your, you know, what you bring to the table, right. as opposed to the experience of a minority in, in the United States or maybe a, a college student at a predominantly white institution who has to constantly speak up for themselves week after week, year after year. And it's always that struggle. They're never brought in and given that big old hug. But Bridgeway has a, a hug of love here mm. that once you work past that feeling of, Man, do I belong here? you come to know really soon mm. that you do. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that personally. Wow. Yeah. Wow, it's good to hear. Yeah, for me, Pastor, it, it really hasn't been difficult to be an overwhelmed minority here. Um, and part of it perhaps is a personal reason. I have an insatiable curiosity. So I'm just willing to put myself out there and ask questions. Yeah. Uh, and, and much like Minister Dave reflected as well, this has been, this is a safe environment. It's a gracious environment yeah. and where, where where people don't hold against you that the fact that you're a minority amongst them. So it yeah. hasn't, hasn't been challenging. It's been, it's been a joy. Yeah, well, we're so glad that both of you are here, the rest of uh, our multicultural ministry, and we're looking forward to learning uh, from you. Thanks for allowing our body to learn from you as well through the Gracism Roundtables and the work that you've been doing and the studies you've been doing. But now let's turn our attention to the Word of God, to the man of God of the moment. Uh, we used to say of the hour, but you know, you're not gonna get an hour to preach. So <laughs> the next seven minutes, the man of God for the next seven minutes. Uh, Pastor Gary, thank you for bringing God's word. Oh, thank you, Pastor. Honored to have the opportunity. Uh, some of you may remember the 1984 Wendy's slogan, where's the beef? You remember that one? Pastor, yeah. you remember I, I that was a, I was alive then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that well, one again? Where's the beef? <laughs> okay, gotcha. What? No, he's talking about Wendy. Well, today I want to talk about where's the peace? Hmm. Where's the peace? 
There's a lot of menu options at Wendy's, and there are some options for you as well as you think about peace. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a peace partaker? Do you want to be a peacemaker? Do you want to be a peace breaker? Do you want to be a peace faker? Mm. So let's start with this idea of being a peace partaker. And this concept of peace, as we see it in the scriptures, really carries forth three meanings. The first one is the idea of tranquility. It's what we commonly associate with peace, this feeling of rest. It's also freedom from worry. But also, interestingly, when the Bible talks about peace, it also talks about prosperity. Sort of this sense of equal justice. Where's the peace? If you want to be a peacemaker, you first have to be a peace partaker. You have to have peace with God and the peace of God. Amen. Mm. And it's only then, when experiencing that peace, that you can move toward being what we should all strive for, and that is being the blessed of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children, children of, God. of God. That's Matthew 5 and verse 9. And because God wants to bless us as a consequence of us being peacemakers, then we need to make every effort, Hebrews 12, 14 says, yes. every effort yes. to live in peace. And while you do it, be holy. Do it God's way. Yeah. Not your way. Oh, to be a peacemaker. To have a love for others that looks out for their best interest in order to bring about this sense of trans tranquility and through reconciliation. Uh, in order to bring about this freedom from worry through mutual respect. In order to bring about this sense of prosperity through equal justice. Oh, I want to be a peacemaker. But I've noticed during this season of social isolation that we are communicating a lot through social media. Have you noticed that? And through the sort of veiled anonymity of social media, people are really bold in the things that they're willing to say. Mm -hmm. And so we see a lot of peace breaking going on and peace breakers who are not committed to peacemaking. I wonder if James would say to us, oh, you should be quick to listen and slow to speak, and even slower to become angry. Mm -hmm. Because how easy is it to put a comment down and quickly hit send without really respectfully listening, mm -hmm. empathizing with the point of view of another? And it almost seems like, like we've become fanatical fans of picking one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Now, I get that if I'm a Ravens fan, that we don't like the Steelers, right? I mean, I get that, but Preach that's that all word. in good fun. But it's not fun when we're talking about racial justice. That we, can, that we must avoid being fanatical and picking sides on this. What about respectful dialogue? What about empathy? What about 
doing nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, mm -hmm. regarding one another as more important than yourself. Mm, that's the word. Don't merely look out for your own personal interests or agendas, mm. but also look out for the interests of others. Mm -hmm. And then Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 5, put on the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ. Yeah, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? How would Jesus treat someone else? Don't be a peace breaker, as St. Augustine would say. In essentials, unity. and non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Be kind. Be loving. Ephesians 4.15 says, we are to be speaking the truth in love. Guess what he's talking about? God's truth. Not your truth. <laughs> sometimes we think we have our own brand of truth and we somehow have a right to speak that truth out but what about truthing in love mm -hmm. you see truth without love is intimidation love without truth now that's infatuation and we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> but when you speak the truth in love that's the only way you can lead to transformation how about it mm -hmm. Don't be a peacebreaker. Be a peacemaker. Work toward making peace. Yeah. Now, the peace faker. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 5 says, The fool folds his arms and he eats his own flesh. He refuses to engage. He disengages. Uh, Isaiah, or excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 14, it was said of the leaders there, the spokespeople there, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Oh my, let's not go around putting band-aids on bullet wounds. But let's acknowledge the fact that we have a problem in our nation. And we must address the problem through respectful dialogue. And peacemaking is going to start with empathy, acknowledgement, respectfully listening to one another's story. And that means that we must engage. We must be active, not passive. But in our activity, don't be a peace breaker. Mm -hmm. Be a peace maker. So I invite you to be a peace partaker. Find peace with God and experience the God of peace. And then avoid the extreme of peace faking and peace breaking. And let's be about peacemaking. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Amen. Pastor Gary. Appreciate that. Wow. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters, children of God. What do y'all think about that? Any comments or questions for Pastor Gary? I'll say Ronald. something. Uh, as you were speaking, first of all, it's such a rich word. Thank you so much for that. As you were speaking, I uh, came across the, well, came to me the scripture Philippians 4. And um, uh, verse 6 says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. That, yeah. um, and as you were talking about social media and commenting, I wonder how many people are searching when they get anxious, they want to have conversations with others instead of having conversations with God. 
And I wonder how much our, our conversations would change if we stopped a second and just prayed before we actually engaged. So that, um, thank you once again yeah. for that word. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that, Minister Ronald. And, you know, the solution to fear or anxiety in that passage there is faith. It's going to God and hmm. trusting in him. Right. It's not even fellowship with others, right? Uh, it's right. going to God first. So point taken. Thank you. You talked about social media. That was a point about uh, the boldness that people have. And uh, Minister Ronald, I know you have a thought or philosophy about social media. Like sometimes don't you even fast from it? And if so, <laughs> tell us why. What, what's your thinking with regard to how social media should be used? Well, um, this, this is just my philosophy, so n neither right or wrong. But at, at the end of the day, sometimes we search for meaning and validation from other people. And the best thing to do is to guard yourself from that. Um, so one of the things that I do is um, try to on Sundays, you know, when you're on a platform, when you're on a stage, you get a whole bunch of comments, good, bad, and ugly, but mostly good. And, but sometimes that could feed you and that can be um, a source of why you do what you do. Sometimes it's just best to take that away. Even in the midst of the season that we're in right now, I wonder if there are so many people who are actually engaging in social media because it feeds them and it actually feeds their ego. It feeds the things that they, they believe in because they're not sure of it themselves. Mm -hmm. So we have some people who are not certain of things within themselves, but if I get validation from somebody off of Facebook, off of Twitter, off of Instagram, then I feel better about what I'm thinking. Yeah, is the reverse true as well with regard to social media that you can, you can maybe feel worse about yourself? Is that, yeah. is that also possible? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I've heard it said that, you know, when we look at other people's social media, we're seeing their highlight reel, right? You know, oh, right. but all we see with us is all the deleted scenes, all the behind the scenes things. So that can that could mess with your mind. And so sometimes there's a comparison that we need to just squelch right away instead yeah. of being, you know, who we're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, we, 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 we've already got who you are and you are and you are. And that's great. But who am I? Who am I? What is my role that God has called me to? Let's be the best version of that. Well, mm. and this upcoming Wednesday will be uh, on the Gracism Roundtable discussion. We're talking about becoming a digital gracist. Mm. So if you're interested mm. in engaging in this, this topic more, uh, by all means, please log in on Wednesday and join the conversation. Because I think a lot of us are trying to figure out how do we exercise our, our position and our, our relationships through this conversation about race through our platforms uh, on social media. Yeah, and this, this uh, connection between social media and peace, Pastor Gary, I mean, I've not thought a lot about it or digital, uh, being a digital gracist, but I think that there is some connection probably yeah. between one's peace and the, the digital connection that we've all been pushed to during uh, the COVID season. Uh, you know, one of the blessings of having a public figure page is you don't have to see everybody's comments about you coming up on your feed. And so it's not only till somebody sends something to me, uh, look at what they said about you, and then you read that, and it's like, it could be really good, or it could be really bad, and a whole conversation can happen over something, and people leave church over it, people join church over it. It's really weird, and I, I found out 
you know what, I'm just not gonna read some of this <laughs> because I don't know if this is good for my peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I'm gonna be a peacemaker, I need to be taking in more of what the Prince of Peace is saying to me yeah. and being what you talked about, yeah. a peace partaker, is that how you put it? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, if that stuff ruins your peace, how in the world can you be a reconciler right. if you're so agitated all the time? Yeah. You know, um, any other thoughts about Pastor Gary's uh, message before we, uh, yeah, before I, we move? I have a question for him. So, Peace seems to be one of those things that people pursue. And just having you talk about being a peacemaker, from your point of view, and just I'm thinking out loud, how much or how, yeah, how much of our peace should we seek from God? And how much actually our peace needs to be a part of us being a peacemaker and making peace in our own life for ourselves? So is there a balance or... Um, yeah, how do you, hmm. where does our peace come from primarily? Yeah. And how much are we responsible actually to create some of the mm. own peace in our life as a peacemaker? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. As I think about how, what cultivates peace in my life, I think of it being a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Love, joy, peace. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the end of that list is self-control. So <laughs> the peace breaker needs control. Uh, and with the, with the level of self-control, he's going to gain a peace because he's being, he or she is being more surrendered to the Spirit at that time. So, so, so peace only comes from God, and uh, it's by being filled with the Spirit and then controlled and governed by, the, governed by the Holy Spirit. And then as I think about a peacemaker, I think about the one who sort of clears the pathways for others to experience that, for others to experience that. And it's not just tranquility. It's also equal justice. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I was really intrigued by that, that definition of the, the biblical definition mm -hmm. of the word peace there, that it literally means prosperity. So what does it mean for me mm -hmm. to pave the way for you who is under-resourced to prosper? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's equal justice, right? Mm -hmm. So that's working social justice. So yeah. I look at the peacemaker as having a responsibility to engage in the culture and to help to lift up those uh, who maybe by culturally or by society are being held down. Hmm. Thank you. Wow, one more comment from you, uh, Minister Tracy, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Okay, just, I just wanted to say very succinctly, I think that is a really important point um, for a lot of folks that are like, why y'all gotta be talking about this? Everything's good. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy, I'm, me and Jesus, we're good. Why y'all gotta keep talking about it? Real peace um, can, can only be, I think, experienced collectively when we know that the kingdom of God is flourishing on this earth. Yeah. And so for us to just go, it's all, everything's fine if you just stop talking about it. People talking about <laughs> injustice is not disturbing the peace. Right. The peace has already been disturbed. <laughs> um, us talking about it is trying to, to bring the peace and trying to heal it. Yeah. So on that journey to peace, it's gotta be for everyone. And we've got to be willing to engage. Uh, if one part of the body is suffering, all of them are suffering with it. Yeah. So I just, I think that's really a, a really important point um, yeah. that to get to peace, sometimes we've got to go through chaos to get there. Yeah. That's but a good point. It's worth Pastor, it. <laughs> uh, what I share with Pastor Dan is the, the, the peace breaker, they need self-control. So they yeah. need to control themselves. Uh -huh. But the peace faker, they need courage. Yeah. Yeah. They need courage to engage in the conversation, to be willing to ask the questions and not to ignore, not to say, I don't want to get engaged in that, not to yeah. say peace, peace when there is no peace. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, it's so, uh, 
It's so powerful and insightful, and we've really learned uh, today, you know, where's the puck? Where's the peace? And the puck's where the action is and where there is a need for social justice and racial reconciliation and to be able to step into that and to be a peacemaker is exactly what God wants us to do. Uh, Pastor Gary mentioned to us that, you know, you got to be a peace partaker. So maybe this will be a moment that I could even ask you, have you been able to take in and be a part of God's peace? Do you know him as your Lord and as your Savior? Are you at peace with God? Well, every single person under the sound of my voice can be at peace with God. All you have to do is invite him in. You know, the scripture says that we have faith, but that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so the word of God is peace to you. Hmm. And all you have to do is say, I receive it. And so if that is what you want right now, I want you to just bow in prayer with me and say, God, I, I want your peace, but I want to be at peace with you. And my sin has separated me from you. It's even separated me from myself. I'm just all messed up on the inside. And so, God, I invite you to come in to cleanse me of all my sins and to make me right before you. I hear that you died on a cross and rose again from the dead in order that I might be able to rise again, too, and have peace with you even now. So I invite you to come in and to be my peacemaker, my prince of peace. I choose to follow you by faith today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. 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 If you want to know more about that peace, if you want to know how you can grow, how you can take your spiritual life to the next level, text us, and we will send you information, maybe give you a call, maybe hit you up on email. Just text the word, fill me, F-I-L. L-M-E. That's how you spell it. It's two <laughs> words, but we put it together as one for the text so it comes right to us and we can get right back to you. We're not done yet. Make sure you come back next week. The conversation continues with the clergy at Bridgeway Community Church.